With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Simba. You gotta let it breathe, Sims. I gotta give him a shout out. Of course. Hey, I feel really good right now because Sims Alefko is back in the building and we got to watch a lot of football this weekend. I feel really bad right now because everyone continues to tell me how bad my fucking picks were. And I'm going to curse right in the beginning for Facebook Live. Sims, how you feeling? I'm good. My picks were horrible too. Fa- sponsored by Ford. Look at that. Built Ford tough. I like it a lot. Ford, you are awesome. We appreciate you. I'll never forget how I was in Nebraska and I was at a city council meeting and they had a Chevy on the books to buy for their new like quarter. And one of them raised their hand and said, we're a Ford town. And I went, oh man, that's, yeah. that's a thing. Yep. Uh, all right. Did we deliberately put uh, Matt Stafford back there because of Ford in Detroit or does that just happen to be? I think it's just because he was one of our big baller shot callers. Damn, I just watched that film. He was a baller supreme. Sims has gone through watched a lot of film. Mondays are going to be our big recap Mondays where we're going to give you our players that not just set the bar, but they are the bar. We each get to pick one. We're going to go all over the biggest storylines from Sunday night, all Sunday. Wednesday again will be our deep dive and coming up at the end of this episode an interview with LeVar Ball that's right yeah the LeVar Ball Sims a thousand percent came in thinking I'm not gonna like this guy and now I think you kind of like him. I kind of like him. I mean, he's a, he's like a crazy Jersey guy, so it's like it kind of fit together. I just felt like he keeps it real, so it was fun. Sims literally asked him, when you looked for your wife, did you think about breeding? Yes, and he I... asked for measurables of LeVar Ball's wife. And LeVar Ball went and did it. Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out to Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. Head to dollarshaveclub.com slash BR for $5. You get a lot of stuff. And I use the One Wipe Charlie this weekend yeah felt like a new man it felt good it was incredible it's like do- diving into a pool of listerine where did you use the one wife charlie is what i want to know all right let's go to our first game <laughs> by the way to everybody that hit me up saying how bad my bets were yeah okay i want to give a special shout out to somebody named ryan mclean who actually sent me a 35 dollars venmo request saying that I owed him $35 because I got all the bets wrong. I don't Ooh. even know who he is. Hey, I didn't pick him very good either. It, oh, my god, It's gosh. tough week one. You want 
to know how hard week one is? Yes. Currently leading their divisions alone, the Rams, the Jags, and the Bills. <laughs> that's how hard it is to pick games in week one. Yes. And that's just the way it is. But last night, we were both all over the Giants the entire offseason. The Cowboys are going to start slow. I'd like to give a personal apology to Ezekiel Elliott for saying that he was out of shape and didn't look good. I was wrong. He did look good. Cowboys 19, Giants 3. You had a video that came out right before, and we've been saying it on this podcast for a long time. Odell needs to get paid. No Odell, no offense. No offense. That offense stinks, and it's the same problem we saw last year. Uh, it's the same formation every play. It's 11 personnel almost the whole game. And oh, Was you, it 11 the whole time uh, again? Most of the game, yes, it was. It, it's they, they are leading the league, and you know, when we say 11 personnel for everybody, out there, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and yes, uh, of course, the run game looked like crap. Hey, this is my problem with these this offense. It's just like the Packers. It's just like the Seahawks. Their offenses stink, except the Packers have Superman and Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson has no O-line, but he has to do it all himself. Um, and Eli Manning's just not capable of doing that anymore. I think when you really break it down, you know, Eli did not look good last night. He was shaky. They played the politics of football in the fourth mm. quarter to make sure he got over 200 yards, which they I were can't going stand. To hurry up at the end, and, and then they, they called don't... a timeout for yes. no reason. That's what drives me crazy because that's like that's like what we talked about with Blake Bortles. Yeah, uh, the Giants have done this in the past because people are going to lose context at the end of the year. Always, and in February, going to look back and go, "Well, Eli wasn't that bad. He was 29 for 38 for 220." 20. He was under 200 before that last drive, but they should be embarrassed with, with their offensive output, especially against, listen, I got respect for the Cowboys, but there's a lot of young guys there. There's certainly no game breakers on the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys, and the Giants couldn't do crap. I mean, they, well, how long was it before they crossed over the 35? It was I mean, unbelievable. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. What was your evaluation of Dak? Dak, uh, other than just a few of those missed throws early, um, man, when he settled in the game... I have if, if Ezekiel Elliott somehow the NFL decided to try to suspend him this week again and do go back into that. It's kind of looking right now like he's going to play all season. Good, that's what I thought would happen. Um, and, and good, I'm glad the NFL didn't file the extra lawsuit or come in to try to block the stoppage or whatever it was. It just sounds like from what I've seen with Rappaport, it's going to go to March and then they're going to deliberate to April. It just seems like it's going to be a lot like the Brady situation. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to happen next year regardless. But uh, I was going to say even if Zeke wasn't there for six games last night would have made me feel real comfortable Dak Prescott has moved on to the next phase of, he has I think so man the way he threw the ball the decisions in the pocket um, again I will stand strong to he reminds me of Steve McNair with how mm. powerful of a man he is within the pocket and then man I mean we know they got Dez but Terrence Williams was the guy that jumped out to me a little. If they can get him going with Cole Beasley and Witten, like they're not going to have to just always rely on the run game and Zeke Elliott. Were we wrong about the Cowboys taking a step back? Can uh, you say that after one week? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know the, if I want to say. Or was the Giants' offense just that bad the Giants, that we need to see a real offense take on that I, secondary? I think that's the first thing I would like to see, right, before I anoint the Cowboys' as back. But nonetheless, the Cowboys did encouraging things to look at. Demarcus Lawrence was certainly a have, wreaked havoc. I thought our man in the middle, Jalen Smith, who we were kind of like, you know, he looked he was back, good for him, but he looked like he was even better yet last night than he was two weeks ago. So maybe he is really getting closer and closer. Yeah, one of my out-of-left-go fields is I'm done watching preseason games 
games and thinking that that's going to impact how these teams play. I'll look at it to figure out rookie studs. Yes. Like you were right about Tariq Cohen. Mm. Galladay is an absolute player for right. the Lions. Like right. It's great to see talent, but in terms of evaluating teams, hard. no dice. Um, all right, let us go to something that is really good. Let's take the main camera really quick so I can crank out some vids for the lessons. There are certain just roll with me. Okay. There are certain players that set the bar and there are others that are the bar. It's now time for our Ford players that are the bar. Sims, who is your player that is the bar? Oh, I I gotta give a shout out to a guy who I've been extremely critical of the last few years. I call him Charlie Checkdown. His name is Alex Smith, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He wasn't Charlie Checkdown last Thursday night up in Foxborough. He was Bobby Bombs Away. That's what he was. I was ultra impressed. He was the MVP of the weekend. We have, you and I have both looked at Alex Smith and said this team can't win games in the playoff unless he has a more aggressive mindset throwing the ball down the field. How about Tyree Kill deep bomb? How about hanging in the pocket forever waiting for Kareem Hunt down the middle of the field throwing another deep bomb? If he does that, first of all, if he'd been doing that, they would have never drafted Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And if he does that, watch out for the Kansas City Chiefs because they got freaks all over the field. For me, the player that really set the bar, I was watching Green Bay Seattle, and I was like, man, this Seattle defensive line is fire. But someone on Green Bay's D-line truly is the bar, and his name is Mike Daniels. Every time I looked up on the screen, Russell Wilson was running for his life. You know how it is. One and a half sacks, one forced fumble. The man was back there every freaking play. The stats do not do justice. What he did to that Seattle offensive line, look, he was out there doing Dragon Ball Z celebrations, and it was (laughs) well-deserved because he was on fire. Mike Daniels, Alex Smith, two players that were the bar. Let's talk about that Kansas City Patriots game. Yeah. On your newest power rankings. Right. Your number one team is the New England Patriots. Does not change, but Kansas City is number two. Yes, they are. What what the hell happened? Well, I, we I didn't th- get a chance to talk about it. I yet. know. I think the first thing we got to talk about, and, and I mean, we just talk about Alex Smith, but you got to talk about Andy Reid. Andy Reid, uh, I just can't say enough about the game plan they went into Foxborough with. Uh, the the things they did offensively, I, I've never seen done before. Tell and, me what you mean by well, that. Well, what I mean by that is it was like a college offense with professional schemes on steroids. I mean, three people in the backfield, fake to Tyree Kill, fake to DeAnthony Thomas, roll out, throw the ball to Kareem Hunt in the flat. Uh, just so many interesting creative concepts. Even think about the long touchdown pass. Has anybody else seen a, a running back out of the backfield run a middle post down the field mm. for a you know a bomb? No, those were things they had... They had New England's head spinning with creative usage in the run game, giving the ball to Kareem Hunt, faking the speed sweeps around it. Uh, they really had New England on their heels. And as the game went on, New England got conservative on defense because I think Bill, Bill Belichick and Patricia were like, man, we don't know what the hell is coming at us. New England's defense played pretty good. Like, we're going to remember the bombs and all that. Gilmore, Butler, both covered phenomenal. I know that Tyree Kill was the big play. That was a coverage that was blown by Gilmore and McCourty both. Uh, and it was also good play design for a Tampa 
two defense. So uh, I can't say enough about that part of it. And then to flip it over, Lefko, the defense. You know, you get off to a rocky start. The Patriots go right down the field. Kareem Hunt fumbles the ball, oh, right, his man. first carry. When Gronk almost had that second touch, and I went, this game's over. Right, and, th- and that, that's how close it was to being it's, over. It is. Football is so crazy. It's crazy, but they make the fourth fourth and one stand on that drive when they overturn the catch to Gronk, right? Eric Berry makes a phenomenal tackle in the hole to stop yep. it. That changed the momentum of the game. And the and the the thing about that I really stood out to me, Kansas City won the physical battle against New England, which you don't see a lot. I mean, Chris Jones, your man Benny Logan, Allen Bailey, Justin Houston looks like we're getting like to see the Justin Houston who had twenty something sacks a few years ago. Interesting. And then last thing, I know this is a long answer. Um, they were smart and they took away, you know what I mean, the bull crap over the middle completions for New England. Like if Danny Amendola was going to catch it over the middle for four yards, he was going to catch it and get smacked. He wasn't going to catch it and turn it up for 10 that? yards. They had they were really good in passing players off in zones. So, oh, I'm not going to cross the formation with you. Did I'm they gonna play stop. any man? Uh, they played some man at the right times. So are you talking about quarters right now? Quarters, or? three, yeah. things that I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Three-man rushes with extra guys just lurking there like, when you saw Justin Houston almost knocked Amendola yes. out the one time, right? So they played areas knowing that mm, New England likes to attack these I don't areas. I know why everyone doesn't do that. I know, but not everybody's got the Jimmies and the Joes that Kansas City has. Uh, to that point, Kareem Hunt, 246 total yards. Larry Johnson came out and said, he has the potential to be the best running back in Chiefs history. I could see him getting 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving, and being rookie of the year. Yeah, you try to steal my rookie of the year pick, Larry Johnson. That was my guy before the season, but best of all time. Uh, that's strong words, especially for a team that had you know Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, Christian Okoye, Marcus Allen, Jamal Charles. Yes. How big is the Eric Berry torn Achilles? It's huge because I should have hit on this. Those they one of the big reasons they won the game is because of Eric Berry's ability to cover Gronk. It was about as good as you can possibly Did do against look him. Hurt. Gronk definitely looked a hair slower to me. It's funny you said that, actually, because we haven't talked about this off air or anything. No. Yeah, I do think Gronk looked a step slow. I don't know if he's beat up or whatever. Maybe but it's because he's not eating meat. He's well, on that vegan diet. <laughs> Just kidding. Go well, vegan. It's he's good had, for you. He's had a lot of wear and tear on that body. Uh, Mark Bajant uh, asked us on Twitter, how much, of le- how much of the game for Kansas City was the Andy had a bye week effect given how long he had to plan? I, you, you really think it was that oh, big of a deal? Uh, you know, I said in one of our videos, I mean, they threw the kitchen sink, the laundry room sink, and what did I say? The bedroom sink? Yeah. If you got a <laughs> hey, bedroom sink. You've never been in a love suite because there's bedroom sinks in there. <laughs> That's uh, gross. Um, yes, but I do think uh, Andy Reid I would guess made it his mission from about April or May on to devise a game plan to screw with the New England Patriots. And yeah, it, this is that was like a bye week type performance for I them. I feel good about my pick for them to win the division. Yeah, you should. Good. You should. Uh, I'll tell you the other credit, though, for the offensive coordinator. Uh, Reed brought back Childress this year, and he brought in Matt Nagy. Yes. And a lot of people are saying that Nagy's kind of college RPO, run-pass options sure. and stuff added that little wrinkle. Yeah. I don't know why more teams don't bring in just different offensive minds to bounce things off of, but it definitely paid off for the Chiefs. It's a bunch of know-it-alls in the NFL. That's the problem. All right, go. so my pick was Mike Daniels for the Ford set the bar and the bar player. Packers, Seahawks, Packers 17, Seahawks 9. 
Is Russell Wilson going to have time to be the MVP that we think he is this season, or is this offensive line lost? I was talking to Natalie Weiner, who is a Seahawks fan, and she yeah. said, look, this happens every year. Remember, it, it last year they got destroyed by the Dolphins in Game 1. Mm-hmm. They lost, but they still won. Then they lost to the Rams in Week 2. They always start slow. So I don't like falling for repetitive storylines. Yes. I'm going to take my time here, yeah. but that O-line looks like crap. All right, so one thing I always hear from Seattle, like uh, – Few people I know or know people that know people up there. This is a problem sometimes when you have defensive coaches, and I hear this is a problem with all of the Seattle disciples, in my opinion. Carroll, Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn down in Atlanta. Everything about the practice in the week is about the defense, right? They're defensive minds, and it's always about let's keep the defense Didn't fresh. Didn't you used to say this about Rex Ryan? Oh, like but, he would blitz yes. and like do things to make his defensive guys feel better. Right, and then the offense couldn't execute ever because they were like, man, we've never seen these type of things. But, Reese Odiambo, Luke Jokel, Justin Britt, Mark Lewinsky, Jermaine Effetti. Can this group turn it around? I, I do think they can turn it around. Like I said, uh, I think it's a more talented group than they've had the last few years up there. I do think they'll get it. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's Dom Capers, first week of the year, it's not the easiest defense to start because Dom does do a lot. Green Bay, I mean, if you go back and look at the game and or if you watched it, you realize, like, look, think about all the different fronts you saw, just all the different people you saw lined up over the center, the guard, the tackle, linebackers, safeties up there. So they do things that's never easy, especially on the road. Um, Green Bay was possessed and won that battle, certainly. But I do think the whole practice thing is a little bit of an issue there. Mm. I do, because you, it's always about let's keep the defense fresh, keep the defense fresh. Offense doesn't work like that. Offense, you have to practice. Timing, rhythm, getting into the right checks, all those things are really important to the success of that. Um, So I'm not giving up hope on the Seattle Seahawks, Not certainly not. One thing they need to do, though, um, if you're going to have all that money on the defensive side of the ball and you're going to score touchdowns with your defense – you know, they got to control their emotions. I mean, stuff like that. If they got up 7 nothing early like they did, right? okay, that's the kind well, that, of game they want to play. I wanted to ask you, yeah. was the Jeremy Lane supposed punch, what was your take on that? Was it bullshit because the announcers were, were didn't think it actually happened? He didn't deserve to be thrown out of the game. The rest of it, yeah, he's stupid for doing that. Yes, I'm sorry. You see your defensive tackle running into the end zone. He's scoring a touchdown. Just let the guy push you around, whatever. Don't get into the extracurricular activities. So, that, you know, again, they're Seattle. They're always about compete, 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 compete. Okay, fine, compete. But, like, that game might cost you a home playoff game. And yep. when you guys don't play home playoff games, you can't go to the Super Bowl. At least that's what recent history's taught us. What did you think of the referees in that game in general? Uh, yeah, Seattle got the short end of the stick in that game, sure for sure. It did seem like it. It did. They did. There was a lot of bull crap, I thought. Late hit, uh, pass interference a few times that I did not agree with. Man, I can't recall all of them, but I remember going away from the game going, man, Seattle had a few tough calls go against them. I was also thinking in terms of like referees. I read some that Tyree Kill could get fined for that peace sign oh, that he did running yeah, away. Right. Come on, man. I know. Come on. Just... If you're going to allow celebrations, that was awesome. Right. Peace? He's, yeah. I, t- I was saying that. I think Tariq Hill after the game should have said that that was to promote world peace (laughs) and then see how the NFL would have handled it from there. Holy crap balls, Batman, is he fast. Seahawks were the only team to ever shut out Rodgers in the first half of a non-Week 17 game. Right? How did the Packers turn that around Um, in the second half? I, I... I will give you a better answer to okay. that on Wednesday, but regardless, just from watching the game, because I mean, I didn't take my eye off that game on TV. I mean, 
because of one guy. That's how they turn it around. I mean, he was under pressure the whole game, Aaron Rodgers. He was getting hit. He had people around him. I mean, again, he pulls more rabbits out of his ass than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And then his ability to hard count you and get free oh plays down gosh. the field. Oh, you want to substitute? Good luck. Touchdown down the middle to Jordy Nelson. That's what he's amazing at. I was curious. So one, it, f- it messes with your substitutions. Yes. Two, how much does that impact the, the pass rusher's timing? That's what it's all about. And I'm sure when you play a team like Seattle, that is something that will be talked about. Oh, I'm sure. In the quarterback I mean, he does room. it to everybody. Yeah, he but... does it to everybody. But you got to especially do it to the Seahawks. And really, the O-linemen will start asking you for it. You know, like, man, we got Michael Bennett. He's yeah. off the ball in a hurry. Uh, he's the master at it. I think he's the best in football with the hard count and those, you know, line up quick, they're substituting, let's take a shot. I've never seen the Seahawks defense so frustrated. Yeah. Bennett on the field, Sherman on the bench, everyone just looking at each other and going, the hell do we do? Yeah. And, and well, that's because Aaron Rodgers is, is the, the greatest quarterback, quarterback I've ever seen. Or that too. <laughs> uh, by the way, we 40 ha- minutes they had the ball almost. I mean, that's it, insane. So yeah, that's too much for Seattle. It happened in a few games where yes. one team just controlled the clock against the others and just destroyed them. The Constitution, the Sims and Lefko Constitution, we have some great entries. We will have that on the Wednesday, <laughs> the Thursday edition of the podcast when it comes out. And uh, one of them rewrote our first three amendments okay. in a much more Constitution way, and I'm very excited to read them for you. Uh, let us get to uh, – by the way, I also want to apologize now to the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, uh, I've already apologized to Ezekiel Elliott. I would like to personally apologize to Marshawn Lynch for <laughs> questioning him and what he had left in the tank because what he did to Jarrell Casey, yeah. all pro Jarrell Casey, mm-hmm. was absolutely incredible. Yeah, he you like put that. him into the earth, <laughs> and I just I was in shock. I was in shock. Now, you watch this film. I did. Raiders, Titans. Yeah. I kind of want you to just go here. Okay. So what, what? What side of the ball you want me to start on here? Let's start off with how the hell did the Raiders stop the Titans and hold them to 95 net yards rushing? Okay. The first thing is I think you have to start up with the big guys in the middle, right? And the two big guys, uh, Justin Ellis, right? I mean, yes, Justin Ellis. Yes. Okay. Who's a pure nose tackle? He makes a mosh pit in the middle of the the offensive line. The other guy, the surprise of the day, uh, is Vander Vander. Uh, somebody help me with his name. Vander, Vander does? does. Is that how you say? It? He starts as their defensive tackle. He's a rookie from UCLA, okay? He was phenomenal. If you made me pick like the MVP of the defensive game for the Oakland Raiders, it would be him, number 94. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not pulling up all this stuff on him, so if you want to look his first name, it's E something Vander does. I just wrote that in my yeah. notes. Uh, but with him, and then you have Mario Edwards at defense end, and then on the other side with Khalil Mack on defense end, that is a powerful front four. The other thing I'll say about the Raiders, they're getting some big time contributions for some other rookies. The kid number 90, uh, he's a rookie from um, Tulsa. Uh, Trayvon Hester, he was really impressive. Uh, they got the Markel Lee, rookie middle linebacker from Wake Forest, who starts for them. And all he these was really kids good. Were, were huge against this they, Tennessee line. They really were. The, the Raiders have sneaky D-line depth. Jahad Ward wasn't even out there. Really? But they have sneaky D-line depth. They have size on the D-line. They got speed at linebacker. Their secondary looks like it's on the same page. Sean Smith doesn't start. 
It's so who's starting? It now? is uh, Amerson. Amerson and hold on a second there. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, pull up the teams. Oh, TJ Carey. Thank TJ you, Ray. Carey. Yeah. So TJ Carey, Amerson are starting. Sean Smith comes in on nickel situations, and Carey goes into the nickel spot. Smith stays outside. Um, so you really like these young guys in the Raiders right now? I really do. And then, of course, you got Bruce Irvin, who sure, certainly shows up. Uh, but they won the war against that Tennessee Titans offensive James line. James Frere commented, Yo, Sims, did Yo. you see Eddie Vanderdaz body slam Taylor Lewan? He had a great game. Can a D lineman be a white boy supreme? Yeah, I might have to get him. He's like, I don't think he, I, I like. I like. Let's keep the white boy supremes to the skill guys. Let's call the D lineman the great white hopes. I think that's what that's what he is. He's the great white hope because he was a baller. Uh, that's a. I mean, he he saw it. He was really the MVP of the defense. The safeties looked good. Uh, so all that was phenomenal. Hey, what we've said about the Titans all summer, like if they can't dominate in the run game, is the pass game good enough? to put them over the edge in those right. type of games. And I just don't know if it is. For the Titans. No, Mariota's good. I don't know. You know, he's not like the most gifted thrower in the world. What did you see out of Mariota? Mariota was, he he really played well. But I, I think the bottom line is here. This is the last thing I wrote about him. Mariota has to be more aggressive in the pass game. He has to be. There were some ch- times where he could have... Sh- struck gold for 15 and 20 yards down the field with some throws, and he settled for the underneath throw. And unlike the other guy on the other side, Derek Carr is always looking for the 15 or 20-yard throw. And it's like, oh, man, you took it away. Finally, I'll throw it underneath. Okay. We have someone in the comments section right now saying Carr is better than Rodgers. No, but Carr is really fucking awesome, okay? I mean, he is. How awesome are we talking? I mean, he's definitely one of the five best quarterbacks in football. Really? Yes. I mean. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. His His, His ability to flick the wrist. Right. His timing, anticipation, and then the quickest, you know, it's up there with the quickest release in football. The touchdown throw was amazing. Uh, the other touchdown to. And if Amari Cooper can stop dropping balls, they'd be incredible. No doubt about it. That was uh, with the Raiders. Again, their offensive line was encouraging. I mean, I even wrote down maybe the best trio in football on the inside. Kalechi Osamele, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson lost a little weight and mm. looks better. And they won that battle inside. You talked about beast mode. Who do you like more right now, Raiders or Chiefs? Oh, man. Since you've watched both of them. I, in a one-on-one battle, yeah. I think I would still take the Raiders only because of Derek Carr. i got to see Alex Smith continue this aggressive yes. frame of mind. Yes. If he it's, does that, then, then I'd probably go with the Chiefs. But the Raiders, and Marshawn looked Good. Yes, he did. He looked better than he did two years ago. And Crabtree was a beast, uh, like he always is. And Jared Cook was a factor. Yes, um, there was a lot of things. You know, you know, in the Titans, Corey Davis got in there. He looked good. That was good to see. If you want to be a Titans fan, that first catch was fantastic. Was fantastic. And your guy, and you said it to me earlier today, um, the corner from USC, Adore Jackson. Jackson. Hey, he had a few balls caught at him, but it wasn't because he was beat. He was no. all over the guys. It and was he, just... he had a few pass breakups in the end zone that yes, were great. He, he was good on the sidelines on third down. Adore Jackson, and I, he is so cocky and I love it. Yeah, he's you, a baller. You could, it stands out on film yeah. when you watch it. I want to give a shout out to the Raiders kicker, Giorgio Tavecchio. Yeah, he deserves it. First kicker in history with 250 plus yard field goals in his very first game. This is what I love about this kid. I have two little Lefko nuggets. Yeah. One, at his pro day at Cal, it started raining and every single NFL scout left. And he still kicked, and nobody was there to watch him. And he made like 30 field goals in a row, and he had kickoffs and all this stuff. He's 27 years old. Damn. He's not like a 21-year-old kid. Right. And he was asked after the game, what do you think about having to wait this long? 
and you know how I like to get philosophic. His response was, Aristotle said, anticipation can be the greatest form of pleasure. I love it. <laughs> what I loved even more is that um, Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski, was yeah. on the sidelines cheering him on he and was. going nuts. Now, I want to talk about something else from that game. Yeah. Another big-time performer. Tony Romo did a good job. He did. No I listened. Doubt. Did you listen? I did a lot. I really did. I thought that a lot of people really enjoyed the fact that he was predicting plays. Yep. He was going, this is going to be a run left. This is going to be a run right. That was really good. Uh, I thought a few of it was funny. He was like, this is what we like to call a wide receiver screen. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I know, Tony. It's what everybody calls it. <laughs> but he did a good job. He was opinionated about yeah. the timeout usage at the end of the half. And right. I thought he took the right side. He was really strong on a roughing the kicker call that was only called running into the kicker. I even liked the fact that he called out Nance one time for trying to jinx the kicker. He goes, he's probably going to miss it now that you jinxed him and answer's like whoa 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 right. calm down i thought romo did a good job yeah you knew that we were going to probably be a little harsh on him but i thought in the beginning it was a lot of whoa what a play but he kind of settled it in and i thought he was really good i did too uh, um I, I got nothing negative to say about him whatsoever i mean really and i i enjoyed his little tidbits of knowledge and things even though i knew him some of them uh, i he explained them clearly for you know the novice listener and um Hey, he's going to work at it. He knows the game like the back of his hand. Yes. Uh, so he's going to be able to translate that into word and his words and teach some people. Really quick, I have written down six offensive linemen that I'm nominating for my Charlie's One Wipe Get It Out of Here of the Week. Uh, and they are Giants, Bengals, Seahawks, Texans, Colts, 49ers. Mm. The offensive line that you would like to Charlie One Wipe out of here. Giants, Bengals, Bengals, Seahawks, Seahawks. Texans, Colts, Niners. I got to go with the Texans. That bad. Yes. Uh, And again, that was a game, I'll give you a deeper dive on the Wednesday podcast, but just watching it on TV, uh, the times I was flipping back to it here and there, I mean, it was a free-for-all to the quarterback. I mean, it was ridiculous. They missed those two tackles dearly. None of those teams you mentioned were impressive. No. But that was the worst one. by Ten sacks, four by Calais Campbell. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Uh, And you know what? When you need to take care of a mess, Charlie's one wipe. That's right. (laughs) DollarShaveClub.com slash BR. Trust us. They're amazing. Uh, All right, so the other game that I had you go back and watch – Lions Cardinals. Yeah. And this one took you a while. Yes. Because there was a lot of passes. Yes, there was. I, I think there is a phenomenon that I call the one o'clock Fox phenomenon, which is if a play happens in the one o'clock game of Fox really early on, a kick return, a touchdown, we we see it a million times because they replay it. The Matt Stafford pick six was that play. Yes. And a lot of people tuned out and said, there's Stafford. I can't believe he doesn't deserve this money. Man throws four touchdowns after that. That interception wasn't even his fault. No. Golden Tate kind of did a spin move. It was on the a good job route. by the kid Bynes. The middle linebacker hit Golden Tate as he was going across. Bynes used to play on Detroit. Mm. He did a good job. Yeah. And Stafford tried to kind of time it to where he was going to come out the other side. And how and, how well did Stafford play? Oh my I mean, nobody the Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Really, they're probably the only guys I could say could have won that game. And I, I'm not trying to slight Tom Brady because their ability to move and throw on crazy angles 
Stafford was amazing in the game. I mean, amazing. So if you have Game Pass, go back and watch oh. the condensed and watch Stafford just tear it. So that Arizona's good. defense was phenomenal in the game. It wasn't like people were wide open. They were getting pressure on him. That's a really creative scheme. That's like that's the worst team you want to see week one is mm. a team like that. The Pittsburgh defense, they got all those players. I mean, Patrick Peterson, yes, but Stafford was amazing. Let's just leave it at that. He made some unbelievable throws. He's the reason they won the game. What do you think of their system? Uh, their system is good. I'm not going to say it's like you know top five in the NFL, but yeah. it's, it's top ten or twelve. It and you is. think this Galladay kid's going to take it to the next level? I do. I think he is. And Galladay had two touchdowns, including like the, the a 50 yard clincher at the end. It was an amazing diving catch, right? And even his other one in the corner of the end zone. I mean, it was a great throw, but it was a great catch too. Um, yes, Galladay gives them another weapon in the pass game to where. You play them too much man-to-man, which I thought Arizona did do a little too much. You played a little too much man-to-man. That's okay against average quarterbacks, but when you got guys like Stafford, they're going to make the throws you think, oh, we're going to make them make throws. They're going to make it every freaking time. So you have to change things up. He was really good. I was encouraged by the Detroit offensive line, too. I know it looked like it was a mess at times, but like I said, those were some creative blitzes that Arizona did, and they opened up a few holes in the run game. They looked the part. So... That was encouraging to me as well. I was surprised watching the game. The So there was so many special teams uh, errors. And if I could do a forward, I am the bar for special teams, it's yeah. Matt Prater. Kicked a 58-yard field goal and then had to do punting duties because the punter tore his ACL and MCL. Right. Prater, your boy. My boy from kicked, Denver. Yeah, he was kicking ass. Um, but no. there were so many special teams issue with Detroit. And the Detroit defense kept fixing the problems. Yeah. And you think there's another great white hope in Detroit? I do. Uh, Zettel. I'm, I'm, I didn't write any of these first I names I want to give down. a shout-out to Greg Pearl, who does like operations oh. here. He's been talking about Zettel for like the last month and a half, and we keep being like, yeah, yeah, we'll wait until the regular I season. I mean, Greg, I, I, I picked Arizona to win the game, and I walked in the office today, and Greg just crapped all over me. Like, <laughs> oh, look, you lost. You're stupid. Oh, Detroit. That's the comment section right now. Uh, That's great. <laughs> it's We're the both usual. Um, Zettel, the second-year kid, number six. 69 um, from nice. Penn State, phenomenal. I mean, I would say him and Ashawn Robinson were the two best players on the defense. Zettel especially wreaked a lot of havoc, got a sack. So it's those um, two, Haloti Nada. Yes. How did Ezekiel Anza Ezekiel Anza was good. He was good. He wasn't great, but again, they're big up front. That's the thing I like. Terrell Austin has gotten a little bit Baltimore-ish up nice. there, right? That's where he came from. the Jared Davis kid was everywhere. Jared Davis was everywhere, uh, caused one fumble on David Johnson, but man, he's another weapon. Like With those big guys, if you have an athletic guy like him that can just go now ball hawk like a C.J. Mosley or Ray Lewis in his heyday, yeah, he's going to go around and just smash people. So that was that was encouraged. Detroit's D-line whooped the shit out of Arizona. It's We spent the entire offseason talking about how decimated they were, losing Kerry Hyder, losing uh, the guy that went to the Giants and he got cut. Oh, yeah, um, uh, big Del- long guy, Delvin Taylor. Delvin Taylor. Right. And then they come out here and you go, oh, yeah. Ashawn underperformed last year. He'll probably be fine in year two. How serious of a contender is Detroit? I think they're pretty serious. I think they're pretty. I think they're better in the secondary. Like I was really impressed with Quandre Diggs and Nevin Lawson, and then the three safeties. You know, Quinn, Tavon uh, Wilson, Tavon Wilson, and then Killebrew, Of course, gets the big pick yep. six. But no, there, there's something to do to Detroit. I, I liked what I saw. 
He's the most underrated coach in the NFL because we just think he's sleeping all the time. Oh, I know because he's a, right. He has because he, he has a calm demeanor and he answers your questions at the press conference, so he can't be a good coach. Um, Carson Palmer was concerning. All okay. right, so you have a thing right now about old quarterbacks. This is your this is your week one theory. It, it's my week one theory a little bit, and it's something to watch out for for tonight. Should, am I allowed to say that right well, now? We're going to preview we're gonna Monday get there. Night Football. Okay, yeah, but but that is yes for last night. So you people know, listening to this on Tuesday or later, we're going to try and predict Monday Night Football, and you can laugh with us as we continue to get games wrong. <laughs> yes, uh, I thought Palmer um, he threw the ball like crap. He was watching the rush. All three interceptions were not bad. They were they were horrible. I mean, even the last one. Okay, yeah, uh, it bounced off what Ellington's shoulder, whatever. It was a, it was a crap throw. It was behind him. He's a running back. That ain't Larry Fitzgerald. You, you got to throw to running backs on target. Um, so I was really discouraged with the way Palmer looked. The arm looked lack of pop. The offensive line got pushed around. Humphreys got hurt. Then they had to put Wetzel in at left tackle. He got pushed back into Palmer's face all day long. They really couldn't open up any run game. Uh, and David Johnson getting hurt is a huge ball because he's by far the best player on their offense. Do you hear out what it sounds like he's going to be out for? How long? It's looking like 12 weeks. Oh, I mean, that, that almost makes me think goodnight Arizona. It really does. It, he's that important. He, he is the offense at this point. I wrote down in my notes. Let me just make sure I wrote this. I wrote, I think I wrote, um, uh, where did I write it? He he's the best player on their offense. He's the best running back, and he's their best wide receiver. That's gonna kill them. He when they split him out at wide receiver, he runs routes every bit as good as like John Brown and Jerron Brown. They are severely going to miss him. So our playoff team is eliminated. Probably. You could do it after week one. I think they're in deep trouble. How it's, do I how do I factor in the last few years where I've seen San Francisco win week one and then lose like the rest of their games? How much does week one really an indicator? It's not always an indicator, but again, I think what what scares me, Arizona's defense is going to be able to keep them in games. Okay. So uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say they're out of it. You're but just seeing a Carson Palmer that you don't like at all. I don't. I don't like it all, and I don't like the offensive line at all. The offensive line kind of looked like last year again, and it just makes me think anytime they play a uh, better-than-average type D-line that they're not going to be able to win that battle up front. Because they're O-line. Yeah. What is it that you don't like about them? Um, they're not good. I mean, there's just, there's just nothing. There's nothing <laughs> to look at. Because in the at. preseason, guess what you said? Yeah, that they were looking a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but no, the bullets came for real. And and like I said, uh, Detroit was impressive. I want to just read through my notes just to make sure I wasn't missing anybody else. But um, regardless, I mean, ninety-seven Moro on the defensive line for the Cardinals. He was the best player on the field for me for the Cardinals. He was all over the place. He sure. he whoop. Whoops some butt. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it was a concerning game for me for Arizona. All right, let's do quick hits on the rest of the games because I want all these teams to get covered because I th- we've watched all the games. Yeah. Uh, Ravens 20, Bengals 0. Andy Dalton was historically bad. Yeah. Had a .6 QBR yesterday, the lowest ever mark in the 12-year history of that stat. Yikes. Um, how dominant was that defense, that Baltimore defense? But, and, hey, I picked – I picked Cincinnati to we win because did. I didn't trust Joe Flacco not playing at all. And so I thought, wow, Cincinnati's hung in there physically against them the last few times they played them. 
Baltimore's defense is awesome. It might be the best defense in football, period. Mm. They have such size uh, up front in the front seven. They have some good pass rushers. And then they got speed on the edge, on the secondary, finally, for the first time in a lot of years. So that's what scares me. They didn't whoop the crap out of Cincinnati quite the way I think the score looks. I mean, take into account that they did drive down one time. Andy Dalton threw an interception in the end zone. They drove down again. It was a sack fumble, right? So uh, they did move the ball in Baltimore. It wasn't just like a 20 to nothing, like, oh, you didn't move the ball all day long. But regardless, uh, that was the perfect recipe to get Joe Flacco kind of indoctrinated into the season. Uh, Rappaport right now reporting that the, uh, the the Cardinals are flying in that running back from the Patriots that I said I liked in preseason, DJ Foster, yeah. off the practice squad. They're mm. flying him in. They might be bringing him on the roster. Should Man. be interesting. Uh, Bengals are, are in trouble, trouble. I don't think the Bengals are in trouble, trouble. I just think... The, ba- the Ravens are that good. The Ravens are that good, and we question what would the new O line parts look like in Cincinnati? Losing uh, Zeitler, losing Whitworth, Whitworth, right? And we saw that you know, okay, welcome to the NFL. It's the Baltimore Ravens, Eric Fisher and Obwehi. It's really funny when you watch all of the local feeds that you see. Like, there's always one shot when it, the games in Philadelphia they show cheesesteaks being made. Yeah, and Chicago it's deep dish pizza. They put up Skyline Chili for Cincinnati yesterday. I saw that, and all of us were like. Gross. Yeah, I don't get There's that not, one. They take like the mountain of cheese and put it on the chili, and it's just we were all like, I have heartburn. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's that's not one for me. Eagles thirty, Washington seventeen. A uh, funny little nugget here: Ryan Kerrigan has three career interceptions. All of them have been returned for touchdowns. Uh, Ronald Darby is going to be out four to six weeks with a di- with a dislocated ankle, which okay. is incredible. Yeah, you looked at me today and goes, "It's so much better that his ankle was facing in than out." Yes, is that a real thing? It is a real thing. It's like you know, think about uh, when your ankle goes outwards. That's when you have to be. That's when you have to be worried, right? That's when it can get Dude, major ligaments. all I ligament. know is that his ankle was sideways. I know. And I was like, crap. But you can, you, I mean, you can do it yourself. You can you can almost roll your ankle inside. You can't roll it outside. So when you roll it outside, you really mess up ligaments, and it can really linger the whole year. I had a high ankle sprain in 2009. I'm not f- fucking with you. I still feel it sometimes when I play basketball and shit. Really? Yes. Eagles-Washington, though, I thought this is just from I watched the whole game. Uh, Doug Peterson's play calling is still kind of an issue for me. The third and nine wide receiver screen needs to leave. He's his offense is so horizontal, but Carson Wentz's ability with a pass rush to make magic happen is incredible. I think he faced the second amount of pressure compared to anybody else, which doesn't really make me feel good that, that the Chiefs, they're going to Kansas City next week, yeah. um, but they're not able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But that defense is going to carry him a long way. It and is. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, my friend Dan sent me a text. He's finally okay with taking Brandon Graham over Earl Thomas in that draft <laughs> five or six years ago because he's still paying dividends. Right. But the defense looks great. Yes. But we'll see what happens with Darby now out. Yeah, that, that's a big blow. Um, this is, you know, again, we saw Washington reoccurring theme all preseason. Their O line got pushed around. O line got pushed around yesterday. Your D line, like you just talked about, they whooped their butt. Wentz was amazing. Once is just, again, a natural at the position. I'm amazed with the people I've heard. I've heard a few things in the media today where, you know, is this going to be just like last year where Wentz plays good and then falls off at the end of the year? Are you guys, like, are they are people paying attention to what the F is going on in the world sometimes? Your offensive line fell apart last Lane year. Lane Johnson was suspended right, for 10 injuries. weeks. injuries. Peters had a back problem at one point. He, he came out early. this game, too. The right guard had, like, what, the concussion? Brandon Bro- no, Brandon Brooks was having, like, what was uh, it? 
it, he was having anxiety. Oh, right. So you and didn't he have missed, them like, two games because of anxiety. And oh yeah, you had no freaking receivers either. So that th- that gets put on Carson Wentz. That's why I want to say like, what is everybody watching? Wentz is amazing. Wentz is a franchise quarterback. Sign me up right now. I mean, I'll take him. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, his ability in the pocket. I mean, again, I mean, he can do some Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers stuff, the way he can break out of tackles, spin out to his backside, oh. and hit Ertz up the sideline on that one-third down. I mean, those are special plays. I don't know what people are watching. And it, it finally looks like Ertz is going to have his breakout year. We've been talking about it for four years. Good. Finally. Um, um, I was going to say, yeah. that, uh, I was going to go to the next game. Go ahead. Jaguars, for the first time in 2,186 days, are above 500. Wow. 2,186 days? Since September 17th, 2011. Wow. Almost six years. Is that like Byron Leftwich is still the quarterback? I don't think so. Six years ago? I don't know. No, you're right. It's after him. I don't know. It's Jaguars recorded 10 sacks, most in franchise history. Calais Campbell set the franchise record with three and a half in the first game. Jalen Ramsey uh, came out and said that Deshaun Watson should be the guy moving forward for Houston. Is that solely because of that offensive line for well, Houston? Well, first clarify what you know. Jalen Ramsey and Deshaun Watson have what in common? The, Matt Miller told me they have the same agent. There. So you always have to be careful of that kind of crap with those guys because yeah. he hung out with Deshaun Watson probably five times this offseason. So, I had someone uh, in this office say, Blake Bortles played well. And I went, I don't know. He had like 11 completions for 121 yards. Leonard Fournette carried the ball like 27 times. Yes. I don't think Blake Bortles was even involved in the game plan. No. And that's the way I think they need to keep it that way if they want to win the football games. Um, I, I think the and big especially thing. Especially with Allen Robinson now out oh, for the year. That's a big blow. Uh, the in thing, a contract year. The thing again, I'll just say, yeah, the D line, we talked about the Texans O line that had issues. They just steamrolled them up front. And, uh, you know, again, I give kudos to like guys like Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin who took a little effort to go, let's be a little bit more bigger and physical this year than instead of just being all these fast, sexy players. Yeah. And Calais Campbell and Leonard Fournette fit that mold, and it showed up right away in week one. Deshaun Watson should be the starting quarterback. That's just my opinion. They're not going to make it happen with Savage with that offensive line. Savage is good throwing the ball within the pocket, but he is what we would call a wooden Indian. He's just going to stand there. He's not going to be able to create anything. Watson can at least move, get out of harm's way, create some plays, and you can make maybe design some quarterback-type runs with him at the quarterback when position. Dwayne, when Dwayne Brown gets back, yeah. and let's say the offensive line improves, do you then go back to the quarterback that you think is better if there's time? Well, it just depends on Watson. If Watson's playing well, then no, you're going to stay with it. I mean, I still have a lot of reservations about Watson. Don't get me wrong. He threw an interception and got just lucky there was a penalty on the field. I mean, a penalty. It was going to be an interception. Uh, it wasn't a pick six, but it was going to be a big return regardless. I want to give a shout-out to Matt Anguid. I asked for the best insults on Facebook of me going 0-3 on my picks on Sunday, yeah. and he wrote left co and three. And was like, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, all three Houston tight ends, Fedorowicz, Griffin, and Anderson, are all in concussion protocol. Jeez. They let up 10 sacks, but don't worry, you have to play in four days on Thursday Night Football. Big trouble, little China, okay? And they're going with Cincinnati, Cincinnati, who's going to be pissed off. Where's that game at? Is it in Cincy? I think it's in Cincy. Yeah, that that's trouble. Um, the other thing is, i got to say this, because we talk about him a lot. He's a baller. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, one of the best defensive linemen ever. But the humble brag with J.J. Watt in the Talking postgame. Talking about his finger. Yeah, I mean, breaking yeah, out this skin. is literally what he did. 
uh, they were like, hey, JJ, what what'd you hurt? Uh, I mean, no big deal. I mean, the bone was popping out of my finger, but no big deal. Yeah, yeah cool. I'm cool. I just wanted to be, I thought of you the whole time because I was just like, Dude. he had to let him know that, you know. He can't help himself. He can't. But I think he has just a, a corny disease. <laughs> he's incredible. He's raised $30 million for Houston. Go out there and support it. I would also say support some of the other towns, of the, the countries in the Caribbean that don't have a lot of funding or the Red Cross. But I'm just saying, J.J. Watt is an amazing person. He just continues to say things that you go. Man, you just yeah. can't get out of your own way sometimes. <laughs> you know, just you know, just the bone popped out of that finger. That's it. No big deal. Falcons Bears. We told you the over under of forty eight was way too high. It hit forty. Uh, Falcons almost lose this game. If man, if that running back, uh, what the heck is his name? If, uh, to, oh, you're talking about Jordan Howard. If Jordan Howard catches that ball. It, on, that, on that last drive, it's it's over. Okay, so I don't look at it like that, first of all. This is like golden rule of quarterback, okay? Just like we talked about with Carson Palmer throwing the ball off Ellington's shoulder. These are running backs. Like Gruden always used to say to me, like, Chris, they're running backs. If you don't throw the ball on their numbers, underneath their chin, don't expect them to catch it. it I don't want to hear it. It was a little bit behind. It was a little bit behind. It was late. I don't even know if he catches it, if he definitely gets in. He might have got hit and stopped at the one. The other play, the first down bothers me too. See, it just showed their inexperience a little there. Glennon hasn't played in a while. Right. Be patient in the pocket. Let the guy make the break. He he threw the ball and the guy was still shaking the DB. Yeah. You know, that should have been a touchdown. Falcons long term. Did you see the scary things that you were worried about? I did. First of all, the defense was awesome. So we got to give them credit. Right. They do fly around. And Chicago, again, moved the ball okay on a pretty talented defense with not a whole lot of weapons on their side. But yes, the things that concern me about the Falcons are are real. I mean, just look at they haven't opened up a hole in the run game all preseason into yesterday. And and really they're up 13-10 fourth quarter backed up against their own end zone. Nobody's open and I, it looked like it was Jarrell Freeman didn't cover Hooper down the field. Mm. Like those things aren't going to consistently happen week after week. I mean, that was awesome that that Ryan recognized it and they and made he the big play. Up, but he, right. Yeah. But th- I just don't think you're going to be able to rely on that in regular season football all the time. So yeah, I am concerned by by that a lot. Shout out to Akeem Hicks who was an absolute monster. Got a 4-year, $48 million contract 30 of it guaranteed and showed why. Yeah. I mean, he was in the backfield all day. All day. And then another shout out, you said it before a lot of other people. Check out Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. 158 all-purpose yards. Uh it's set, I think it's most ever by a Bears rookie in a debut. And I want to say a fa- fond farewell to Kevin White, who breaks his collarbone and is out for the season. It's unbelievable. He just can't. Can't stay healthy, has not been able to contribute. Tariq Cohen is like uh, real special, like your man Darren Sproles, who we didn't talk about it once again. I mean, man, if Darren Sproles— He's still got zipping Holy him. crap. I mean, I played against him when I was at Texas and he was at Kansas State, and I mean, damned it if he doesn't look the same like freaking guy that I saw back running around us in Texas— Tariq Cohen, though, is just like him, except he's like on steroids. Like, he's just got a little more of a power version. I don't mean he's really on steroids. Yeah. I just mean he's got a little thicker legs and ass and just the thicker man in general. Bills, Jets, uh, whatever. Uh, Joe, Bi- Bills, Jets. The- Bills, 21, Jets, 12. The, the, the main, my main takeaway was Jamal Adams is a freak. Jamal, Jamal Adams is a freak. You're Every right. time I looked up, he was like spearing LaShawn McCoy or like 
knocking down a pass. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He was phenomenal in the preseason. They are mirror images of each other, I felt like. that When I watched that game, I said they're the same team, except one team has Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy, and the other team has nobody to make plays on the None. other side, and that's really what happened. The Tyrod fact that they're not playing big... Bilal Powell more is crazy. Yeah, I don't really understand that. I don't know. They're trying to justify, what, the money they've invested into Forte. I, you know, I don't know. that. I don't get that either. I'm with you. Uh, can the Bills be anything? The Bills, I, they can be a pain in the butt. I, I would be shocked if they get in the playoffs, but would they be shocked if they went like 8-8 eight and, eight and yeah. were in the conversation in December? No, because McDermott's a good coach. There is some talent on the defense there. Yeah. And then they have a pretty good old line. I mean, that's what you can't forget about, especially on that left side with, right. uh, you know, Meathead, Incognito, Incognito. Eric Wood. Yes, they're, they're the good, they got good players there. Cordy Glenn. Well, he's their best. Yes, he's their best. So, yes, they can hang around and be a pain in the ass for a lot. I thought Steelers-Browns was going to be over very early, yep. and then the Browns came back 21-18. Stefan Tuitt, torn bicep week to week. Originally it was going to be done for the season, but apparently he could play. Right. Uh, Big Ben looks old. Again, there's my theory. Old Once again, old quarterbacks who didn't play much in the preseason, they get out there the first time and they're like, oh, I'm old. I don't want to get hit that hard yet. I'm not sure about this shit. Uh, okay, I'll take that $20 million check. I'll get Le'Veon hit Le'Veon Bell couldn't get it started. Mm, no, he could not, which I didn't expect him to. And yeah. we knew the Cleveland Browns' D-line and front seven is pretty good. And when you're not playing, I don't care who you are. It's just too hard to come out there and dominate. But, man, Antonio freaking Brown. Yeah, he's what a, do you think? You always kind of take shots at him. I don't take shots at him. I just try to say he's not like better than Odell. He's not like one of the two or three best receivers. But man, he's making life hard on me. He's shitting on me day, all the time. I mean, I'm just amazed how he's so small and he can go up and just jump up and catch those 50-50 balls all the time, too. He has the best control of his body of any receiver I've seen I, in a long I, time. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know if Every I can disagree with you Every inch of his body is going in the same motion. Yeah. Good thing is... Um, all right, two things you have to. Good thing is Le'Veon and Martavis and Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger were all on the field together. That's a good start. They're only going to go up. The heartbreaker is: Do we have any news on Stefan Tuitt? Because I just told you he's week to week. He's week to week. Okay, that's Torn good. Biceps. He's the best player on their defensive line. I mean, he's the best player in their defense. Period. That's why they just paid him a ton of money. Sixty-one so, million, I think. Right. So uh, that would be a big blow if they lost him. But I mean, you got to talk about T.J. Watt. I mean, two sacks and an interception in your first game. That's kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Steelers. It's a trap game. That's a, like the perfect trap game. Oh, Cleveland, we always come here and whoop their ass and and win games like that. And they kind of slept walk, uh, slept walk early. What did you think of Kaiser? Got the block punt. Kaiser looked pretty good. I thought he looked pretty good, too. I did, too. I mean, and, and uh, you know, I, the few times I, I turned it over, I was trying to watch. And, I, again, I'll watch the film. Um, you know, had a, I, I remember a big drop by Kenny Britt at one point that would have kept the drive going. It was big. But, yeah, Kaiser, I mean, they made the right decision there. Andrew Luck officially ruled out versus in week two versus Cardinals. Oh, I got no pity for you, Colts. When you got the 25th roster in football and you got the 70th best quarterback in football, that means you're going to suck. Jacoby Brissett threw a nice pass yes. when he came in. I mean, but I just had no pity for them. I mean, we knew he was going in to have surgery in January. Ursay tweeted it out. Florio, when I did that show today, he pointed it out. What do you think the line's going to be, Cardinals- uh, Colts. Oh, and the game's where? Is it in Arizona or is it in uh, Colts I mean, I land? I think on. it's in Indy. I'll pull it up real quick just to tell you. It is in Indy. Gosh, man, that defense. I don't know. I'm going to say the Cardinals are favored by about seven or I eight. I think it's going to be huge. You think it's going to be bigger than After that? After what we just saw with the Colts? Man, I just don't know how you could trust Carson Palmer in that group. That is anybody. the question. Yeah. Uh, 
Speaking of the Colts, uh, Pagano, after the game, they lose 46-9. to nine. He says, we got our ass kicked yes. by the 49ers. <laughs> you didn't hear that? Yeah, he said he said we got our ass kicked by the 49ers. No wonder they didn't play good. <laughs> he game planned for the wrong team. But Scott Tolzien was trash. I mean, but Jared Goff and that McVay offense. Yeah. It had a flow to it. It did have a flow to it. And like I wasn't going like, oh my gosh, Goff is awesome. But I was going, oh my gosh, every play that's been presented there, Goff has made the throw and did it. And he didn't always do that last year. Right. They got Gurley going a little bit. He looked good. He did. Um, and then Wade Phillips, his defense does what Wade Phillips' defense does, and they're going to have Aaron Donald back in the mix here next week. So watch out. But, hey, Tremaine Johnson, getting the pick six, then what, two series later, forces the fumble on T.Y. Yep. Hilton. Uh, you get LaMarcus Joyner pick six. You know, Quinn looked good coming off the edge. Oh, he looked unbelievable. He did. So I mean, LaMarcus Joyner, I know you just said it was great. Yes. So that's a, that's a, that's a team, you know, to watch out for. They're a way better coached. I don't mean to disrespect the last regime. You know, I really like Jeff Fisher, but – they needed the offensive mind, and of course, Wade Phillips is is an upgrade on the defensive side. We've said this before. We got to do this. It's our last game. Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. <laughs> He's my favorite coach in the NFL, but he didn't have the best start to his career. I'll say that. Let's see how honest you can be about your BFF. Okay. Um, yeah. I uh, he he. I thought made two poor decisions in the first half of that football game. Two and, fourth downs yes. at the fifty, and I'll say that to only him. down seven nothing. Right when you've been shutting them down, and you pretty much gave them six points. Yes, you and and your defense is right, like you said, and you got Cam Newton playing. He's a little rusty, missing open receivers. Why give them the momentum? Why give them the hope of oh, okay, we're, we got positive things going? So yeah, I did not agree with those calls. It cost them six points. It's the reason they went into the halftime thirteen nothing. And, you know, I know you and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, Hoyer scares me. I mean, he just scares me. I don't know if he's going to – My always my evaluation when I've talked about the 49ers on, the, on radio and things like that is, will Hoyer be able to consistently take advantage of some of the plays Shanahan can present on the silver platter? Like, that's where I always – I call silver platter plays where, like, Kyle, Sean Payton, Bruce Aarons, they're going to have a silver platter and be like – here you go, quarterback. Here's a 50-yard completion. I drew it up in the lab, and it's a guarantee as long as you can hit the wide-open receiver down the field. And he just can't. And he usually doesn't. So that's that's the disappointing thing. That's why I mean Marquis Goodwin is just going to be out there Gosh. by himself. Man, he was open go. a few times, right? Um, yeah, I thought his play calling on the fourth downs was rough. I thought going for a wide receiver screen on fourth and goal was just yeah. a bad play call. Mm-hmm. The, the running play with Kyle Juszczyk, where he had him go across two lanes. Right. It was just it was it was asking too much. Yeah, uh, we were talking before about like ankles and 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 all that. Reuben Foster Ooh. for him to only be getting a high ankle sprain from bending completely back on that ankle was in, it's incredible. Yeah, his ankles must have super ligaments. He looks incredible. He does look incredible. He looks like a, like a real future Pro Bowl I, Pro. I feel com. I mean, that's a big blow because I feel confident in saying he's the best player in their defense right now, and that's that's Rashad Robinson's been good. He has been good. Um, you know, Navarro Bowman. Navarro Bowman, I know Navarro Bowman made some comments last week that he's disrespected and he's the best linebacker in football. No, negative Ghost Rider. Sorry. Navarro's really good. He's not the best linebacker in football ever since he's got hurt. That's just not the way it is. I'm sorry. Our friend Mike Morrell just asked, is there an easier player to cheer for in the NFL than Thomas Davis? Oh, I know. Well, I mean, other than he 
fucking took my spleen, Mike Morell. Okay, uh, yeah, I can cheer for him. No, but no, seriously. I and Luke Kuechly alike. Luke Kuechly, when they have, when they have those two with Shaq Thompson at linebacker, who looks good, and then you have Kwan Short in the middle with Star Lotolele. I mean, that's a legit five people. You said Kwan Short took. Zane Beatles and just like changed his name on his birth certificate yeah. to Daddy Kawan Short. <laughs> yeah, we gotta you gotta keep your eye on Zane Beatles, uh, the guard for the 49ers. He he certainly looked like to me just watching on TV that uh, he struggled in a lo- number of areas. Will you help me with something? Yes, I have a really good friend, Hello, Matthew Medoff, uh, Matty Yay, who Yo. is currently in the comments section. What up? And he's, he's saying Eagles suck. He's a Giants fan. Okay. What would you tell him? I would say, you know, be careful what you say because your Giants looked a whole lot suckier last night. <laughs> I mean, Fletcher Cox versus that offensive line. It's going to be scary. You, they're I mean, not Brandon a great, Cox, yeah. Brandon Graham versus John Jerry. You're not a, they're not a great matchup. I mean, what do I want to say? Yeah, they're not a great matchup for you guys. Or am I saying that backwards? You're saying the Eagles are a tough matchup for the Giants. Well, thank you very much because the one area you guys are weak in, which is the secondary, I don't know if the Giants can really take advantage of it. Because they don't have enough time. No, and or or enough of an offense to do anything. I mean, oh, okay, maybe Odell can catch slants and make freaking magic happen and go 70. That's what the offense is. Yeah. That's a different story. But schematically, they are not going to trick Jim Schwartz and your Philadelphia defense. He responded with rough start, but the history speaks for itself. And the history is we've beaten you three out of the last four games. Yep. The history is we got four Super Bowls and you got zero. <laughs> See, and this is when he turns ooh, ooh, on me. Big blue, big blue, big blue. Uh, I'm sure you just made him very happy. <laughs> I went to college at Syracuse, and it was all Giants fans and Patriots fans. Oh, jeez, torture. And, and it was awful. <laughs> That's torture. all I heard about is was how many Super Bowls we don't have. There is? <laughs> uh, last thing I want to end with is Cam Newton. Yeah. Trouble. Well, Cam Newton, again, I, I know he's Superman, but I didn't expect him to be perfect in the game. I wasn't expecting a lot. No. E- either way, when he's in the game, they got a chance to win. I don't care what anybody says. He Just stop running him on third and shorts and stuff. That's the thing I don't like. But McCaffrey looked good. Thomas Davis looked good. Uh, not Thomas Davis. J- Jonathan Stewart. Uh, and... I don't. I'm not worried about Cam Newton. Like next week, he's going to be more consistent throwing the football. Uh, Saints Vikings. Who is your pick tonight? Saints. <sighs> I picked the Saints. Yes. I'm. I'm. L- l- let's see. I this. picked too many upsets this week, and I've really. Oh my god! Taken You're telling it. me. I know. I've got uh, my ass. Let's see, let's see if we get this right. Yeah. Give me your Sims prediction. How the game goes tonight. My 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 prediction tonight for the game is that it's kind of a defensive stalemate, really, throughout the first half. Like we're going to see, like maybe a. 10-7 Saints or Vikings lead at halftime, and I really think in the second half the Saints will pull away. Drew Brees, Sean Payton will come away and get a tough win, like a 20-17 to mm. type victory, maybe 21-17, to somewhere in that range. Saints are 8-1-1 one one against the spread on the road in their last 10 games. Right. Not that that matters, according to my bets The this one weekend. thing that the, the old man quarterback theory, there's just, you know, sometimes week one has reoccurring themes. It does think they have no Willie Sneed. Yes. That does bother me. Tedgin. We'll see um, what happens. Yeah, we'll I see. Hope. And then uh, Philip Rivers takes his really cool, tricked-out car and goes to Denver. How does that game play out? I, I'm only picking Denver because they're at home. I think this is a really even matchup. Uh, I think Denver's defense is still going to be something to, re- to, to mess with. 
again, I think it's going to be very similar to where you're going to have like a 13-10, 14-13 type halftime game. And I believe I picked the Denver Broncos to win 23-20. I think at you know, the offensive line for Denver will be good enough to simulate some run game, and I still think there's weapons on the outside for Trevor Simeon. And like I said, I just think that defense can wreak havoc for them. And I'm going Chargers, good. so we'll see. I want Bosa in the backfield, and I want my man Melvin Gordon running wild. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can block those two. Interesting to see how well, – I'm going to watch the safety position. Mm-hmm. No T.J. Ward. Yeah. Let's see how the substitutions do with a, with a Chargers team that when Phillip Rivers starts going no huddle – Yeah, I know. And you don't have that right safety out there. Right. We're going to see what happens. Uh, coming up right now, it is going to be an interview with LeVar Ball. Sims asked him about breeding. I asked how he would play for Belichick. And then he also had a little dig on Jay-Z. I'm not even exaggerating. He literally takes credit for Jay-Z's success because he's LeVar freaking Ball. Coming up Wednesday, we're going to do a deep dive into the Constitution. We're going to talk about NFL players and children. There's people popping out babies, and we're going to talk about that on Wednesday, too. That'll be for the Thursday episode. But in the meantime, I want to give a big thank you to Ford. Ford, you guys are awesome. They're going to be with us all season long. Ford Tough. I'm Ford Tough. He's Ford Soft. I'm Ford hey, Tough. And uh, Dollar Shave Club. Again, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash BR and get a $5 kit. It's got shaving and my favorite thing, the One Wipe Charlie. You could shave. You need to shave. You think so? Yeah. You think you're like Johnny Sexy Sex Appeal down in Chelsea over there. You're you're not that cool. Okay? Johnny Sexy Sex Appeal. <laughs> I love it. Uh, guys, here is LeVar Ball, and we'll be joining you guys coming up on Thursday. See you then. Peace out, homies. The Sims and Lefko podcast, yes, Sims is a loud mouth, I'm a loud mouth, we say what we want, and we have someone right now who has made that an absolute game plan. He might have a bigger mouth than we do, actually. Combined, <laughs> times 12, and I appreciate that. His name is LeVar Ball, you know his family, you know Lonzo, you know LiAngelo, you know LaMelo, they are the Ball boys, and they are on Facebook on a show called Ball in the Family, which I watched the other day, and I loved it. LeVar Ball. Welcome to the Players Podcast, Sims and Lefko. How are you, my man? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Thanks for having me. All right, so listen, we are mainly a football podcast, and we know that back in the day you were a tight end, and you got down. And I'm curious, of of all football players of all time, who would you say your pro player comparison was? Who played like LeVar Ball out there on the football field? Who played like me? Man. Nobody. <laughs> you don't say it, You had My a little... hands was too good. I was quick, fast. I just didn't have enough time because I didn't play in college. You could have somebody behind you to just be like, "Wow, this guy!" But just to, to to walk on a team and just they pick you up from day one. That mean I had some skills. We always do this with NBA players. We we make LeBron a tight end or Shaq a defensive end. Your son, Lonzo, what, what would he be? Is he a wide receiver? Where would you put him if he had to play football? Or would you not even let him play football? If Lonzo, if, if, if Lonzo was going to play football, uh, I had him in flag football and stuff like that. He would have been a quarterback. No doubt. I agree with that. Yeah, he could throw the heck out of that ball. Yeah, and he's a good decision maker. I mean, and that's what he's making his living on is throwing dimes uh, on the court. Yes. Uh, all right, so I want to ask. got to be in that leadership 
I got a I got a crazy question. I'm kind of crazy. I know you don't know me that well. Um, and of course, I grew up. You know, my dad was Phil Sims, so I grew up under the spotlight a little bit. And sure. you, you put your kids under the spotlight to a degree, and they've done a good job of of putting themselves there. But this is the first thing I want to come at you with. When I got married to my wife. I thought about what my kids may look like, and I think you're crazy enough. My wife's Sicilian. I was afraid that like my, my kids might come out look like Don Corleone, and I didn't know if that was going to translate to good sports players. When you were when you were dating your wife, did you have you know breeding in mind? Were you thinking about I need professional athletes uh, to come out of the womb? Oh, when I met my wife, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I picked her. She's the tallest one I ever been out with. So you She's the prettiest one too. Uh, so I was winning on both ends. Okay, so you sized her up, and you knew there was a chance that yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good. So can you paint a picture? Uh, I didn't like Google your picture of your wife or anything like that. Paint a picture for for the people out there listening. What's your wife look like? Like, give me the measurables. I'll give you the measurables. She's six one. She's a basketball player, small waist, uh, like kind of sandy blonde hair, and uh, hazel eyes. Okay. Uh, and she's an amazing person. I watched the first episode, and she went through, and she had her stroke. And I think the thing that yeah. I, I loved about, I like about your show a lot, is you are you know you're polarizing, and that's because you're good at marketing. But I think that we got to see how tight your family is, and we got to see kind of your plan. And, and I'm curious, like I read about marketing, and I see people that know how to disrupt, and this kind of comes natural to you. Did you like take classes, or is all your media stuff is that just natural? It's all natural. That's why it's so easy for me. Because I'm the same guy. Like I said, I'm just outgoing, the personality's loud, and it's just easy for me. So my question so natural. I know what I want to get done. Yeah, and I think what's crazy is like so. Some people love you, and some people hate you. That's what comes with polarizing. What is it like when yeah. someone comes and says something negative to you? How do you handle that? Here's the thing: nobody comes up and tells you nothing negative because they're afraid of you. They do it from a. They do it from afar. Yeah. They do it from afar. Most of the people that come up to me always say something positive. Yep, that's but the how people that's negative behind the scenes, and they, they, they usually don't come up to me and be like, Oliver, you know what I'm they don't know if I'm a snap or not, so they keep their distance away from me. The best thing about people talking behind your back is you don't actually hear it, and I love that. It's great. Well, all right, well, so Sim- I, can hear, I, can, I can hear it sometimes when people talk or whatever, but it doesn't bother me. Sims but has another crazy question me. for you. Well, right, the- if I pay attention to that, I'll be uh, – that's why I'm 100% in. I can't – Pay attention to people that's on the side of me and give them 10% of that. Exactly. Yeah, the, the hell with those people. I understand that. Uh, right. People have been hating on me my whole life just because they thought I was good or got got a college scholarship or got in the NFL because my dad was Phil right. Sims. Like, yeah, okay, that's, the, right, that's right. why it happened. Um, all right, so that's the next thing I want to go to. Just when the kids were growing up, um, were you the type of father that basically would say, hey, like, hey, guys, I know homework's done, 5.30, let's get in the driveway and do some drills? Or were they already the type that wanted to do that and go out and, and shoot hoops anyways? They just wanted to go out and shoot hoop anyways, man, because right after they come home from school, they uh, we, we train. And they couldn't wait for that. Like, they would have basketball practice, whatever they're doing. And I was training for a couple of hours, two or three hours, and I always had uh, – 6.30, 
They'd come in to eat. My wife would have their food ready for dinner and then shower up by 7 and do homework from 7 to 10. Wow, okay, so you had them on Every a pretty day. good regiment from a young age. And like when you yeah. say you take them out to practice, like what, what, like give give us a, an idea of what you did. I mean, I know you they were shooting hoops, but like were you having them go through cones just all dri- train a lot of kids to come to the house yeah and i would have them go against my boys and they couldn't wait to play against these kids and that's when my boys were like seven eight years old and um people i was training were like 13 14 you know in high school and stuff so my, my boys look forward to playing against them every day right uh, we as the players podcast we always say that nfl players should hold out and get as much money as possible odell beckham we saw last night the giants ain't crap without odell beckham and we're saying you know what odell you shouldn't play a game until you get paid what advice would you give odell beckham jr yeah it's the same thing i would say hold out and get the most money you can you out there taking some licks so you're gonna need that money in the end so like like uh, they're going to need that, even though they only play, you know, 16 games, but that's 16 violent games. Right. <laughs> it ain't basketball where you just get a foul. No, not at all. You know, but, but the basketball players also deserve that money because they're not playing 16 plays. They're playing 80-something games. Mm. It's just that it, it kind of weighs each other out, but that, that football, that's it. I mean, if you make it off that field every time, you're doing good. And a lot of years of that hitting. It's going to take a toll on that body because that's not the foul. They're trying to break your neck. (laughs) That's the truth. So, LeVar, I'm watching this interview with Jay-Z, and Jay-Z mentions your name and says he bought three pairs of your shoes and he wants to support you in that. What is it like having Hova, arguably the greatest rapper of all time, talking about you? Is that one of those moments where you sit back and go, damn, I got big? Well, that's good. I I thank you for, you know... Doing a little support, but like I tell people, as soon as you mentioned LeVar, now you didn't did something. Mm. <laughs> he brought three pairs in the eight. He, he had an album up. He got more press on saying he brought some shoes for me than he did on his album. Mm. So it's it's cool, but I appreciate it. What, 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 I mean, you know, listen, I I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe wouldn't agree with your fathering skills, and it's not for them to judge because you're the father and they're your kids. Yeah, do whatever you want. So I I, I guess what I want to say is just... What what did you do to kind of instill the confidence you got in your kids? Because they are under a microscope now, especially your youngest one. Here he is, you know, got all these followers on Twitter, but you know, really hasn't. But here's di- the thing. Yeah, go ahead, hear it. Here's the thing. They, they, they've been they've been like my, under a microscope since they were babies. They just got more cameras and stuff, but they understand that when they was coming in class in in preschool and kindergarten, folks was like, "Oh man, who are those kids right there?" Because you have, the, you know, your kids over here, the white kids, the black kids. They was like, who are these kids right here? They're so good at sports, but also they was just lively in the classroom. So it's, it's nothing new to these guys. And, and when, like when, I told them, if you can't play sports or nothing, nobody cares who you are if you're not special talent. And when when did you know that, like, let's just say Lonzo, since he's your oldest, like, what what age did you go, okay, he's got a chance to be, like, legitimately something, more than just, like, a high school star, like, you thought, okay, he has a chance to be a college and a professional star? As soon as they came out the womb, I told them when they was babies, you born to go pro. I told them they was born to go pro. I've been telling them that since they came out. <laughs> right, so you're just brainwashing them since they came out. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm leading them so they understand you're born to go pro with your mom's height and my height. And, uh, she's a PE teacher. I'm a personal trainer. Your last name is Ball. It's all lined up for you. Yeah, that's true. It's funny because I think that we're all programmed somehow, whether it's from TV, yeah. media, our parents and all that stuff. And you've been given good energy and positive just like, like support to them their entire lives. My question for you is, do you think other people are doing parenting wrong? I think everybody's doing parenting well in their own way. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's the, the smart thing you have to do is, like you say, let me see what my kid likes and, and then kind of get behind them and just have confidence in them succeeding in what, what they want to do. Not what you want to do. Right. What I mean by that, I've had some people from personal training bring a kid over here, and the kid is like 13 years old and 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and they're saying, oh, I want my kid to play football. But I'm training them, and I'm saying, this kid don't want to play no football. Right. But then people where I'm like, I don't, just because they big don't mean they football players. You've got to have a mindset for that. Do you, uh, you got a Super Bowl pick? Who do you think is winning the NFL season this year? NFL season this year? Oh, man. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots until somebody beat them. That's right. There's no point. They, in- they get to the end, and they got a different mindset. What do you think it would be like? How would you and Bill Belichick get along? Man, we would have got along great. Because <laughs> he liked tight ends. And I know I can run and catch that ball. Yeah, you could be. Only thing, see, that's why I didn't stick with that thing long. Because of my attitude. I didn't like no blocking. I said, hey, put them other guys in the block. I just want to catch. <laughs> you, you and Gronk, you and Gronkowski would be a heck of a tight end duo. Man, yeah. Your best tight ends are the power forwards in basketball. Yep. That's your best tight ends because they catch everything with their hands. They moving is good and they big and strong. What, 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 um, you know, I, I just want to visit one thing. Like, you know, of course, there was a lot made about you and like LeBron James, and he's saying keep your, you know, keep his kids out of your mouth, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, but uh, the big thing I wanted to, to just ask there, like, do you ever, you know, there's a lot of talk that LeBron might join the Lakers next year. You know, do you ever wonder that no, you. He's going to join the Lakers. He's going to join the Lakers. He's going to join the Lakers. He can't help it. He can't help it. You can start spelling his name L A B R O N. I like it. Uh, you're crazy, but you're kind of cool. I kind of like you. <laughs> you sure you're well, not from New Jersey? <laughs> I said, you sure you're not from New Jersey? No, I'm not from New Jersey, man, but I like to visit y'all on that East Coast because y'all are wild. Yeah, we're wild. That's why, I'm, that's why I think you'd fit in just fine over here. <laughs> you and LeBron can hang out after the games, though. It'll be perfect next year. You guys yeah. you, you guys can be best yeah, friends yeah, by the time. I ain't got nothing against LeBron. He don't know me. I don't know him. You know, we just go, we, we pass through. We probably get along. But when you talk about people's kids and you give them you know, your opinion of him, that's when people get a little touchy. Of course. They turn the words around to make it seem like, oh, LeBron, LeBron said his sons will be way better than LeBron. I just gave an opinion that I said, I don't see superstars' kids being really, really good. It's on the fact that I said that because I haven't seen any. From Michael Jordan to Shaq to anybody. I've never seen, it's the, it's the ones who don't do as good in basketball. Like, yeah, Bill Curry, he wasn't never like an all-star. But look at his son, Steph Curry, the baller. Jelly Bean Bryant for Kobe, I mean, when they had him in Italy and stuff playing against grown men, it's just like, my boys are super good. Why? Not because I played basketball in the NBA, it's because I didn't play. Right. So the drive for them is much stronger. 
And it's now LeBron's kids got to sit up to him, and everybody's expecting, like, okay, you're the son of LeBron. You better be just as good as LeBron, or you better beat that. You know, and it's already something out there. My boys don't have to stick up and say, wow, you better be better than LeBron. Yeah, well, let's is going for the ultimate one. I, I can, I can, I mean, I can attest to that. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, yeah. my dad was not LeBron James or anything like that, but he was Phil Simms. He, he was Phil. He was a quarterback in New York. Come on, everybody thought you was the next coming. Yeah, well, they they certainly did. I think the one thing that gets underlooked in that whole scenario at times is, you know, again, what was inside of me, but also. You know, yeah, okay, maybe I was, you know, spoiled compared to the normal kid growing up, but I also knew right. that, man, I kind of like these things, and I'd like to keep them going when I become an right. older man myself. So that 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 kept exactly. the drive inside me. Yes. Uh, and and that's, that's for the parenting right there. When you give your kids something nice, man, and they strive to have nice things. You right. know, so there's it's, it's nothing wrong with that. And when people keep saying that, uh, a kid is spoiled. I don't really think a kid is spoiled. I just think the parent can afford to give them something like, like everybody wants to get a kid a car. Right. So if you're giving a kid, you're working hard, and, and, and you got two or three jobs, of course you want to get your kid who's walking at least a bucket or something to drive. That makes you feel good. Well, other people have money and say, you know what, I can buy them a Corvette or something, a fancy car. But you're still doing the same thing, you're buying your kid a car. Um, you know, I, when you when I first got to know you and you came out, I was like, man, this guy's off the chain and he's a little crazy. And I wasn't sure if I liked you. I, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. Um, but you have grown on me. And I think the other thing I want to know is just, just, you know, with the people that have been critical of you, and I know you kind of stated that you don't listen to all the noise, but has anybody kind of come at you in the media or that you've heard from somebody that, you know, maybe finally pissed you off with how they came at you? Uh, anybody that's kind of ruffled, ruffled your feathers that way? The only person that ruffled my feathers, nobody ruffled my feathers, except for that lady, that Christy Lady girl, talking that crazy madness. Like I said, I was telling people, hey, out of all the women I've met in my life, there's only two bad ones, her and that referee. That ain't bad. <laughs> That's, and, okay. that, and that is where Stay in Your Lane came from. I think we're yeah, all... Yeah. We're all beginning. We're all learning a lot more about Lavar, and I do. You know what? Get out there, get on Facebook, and watch the series because I think you're in the public eye so much that everyone thinks they know you, but it actually really gave me a good glimpse as to you and and your whole mission. We appreciate you coming on the Sims and Lefko podcast, man. Thank you for keeping it real and and being a good dude, man. Appreciate you. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys, too, man. Have a wonderful day, and y'all take care. Awesome, man. Be next, good, man. Next time you're in New York, come by Bleacher Report. We'll hook you up. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. See ya. All right, late. Bam, LeVar Ball. Ball, 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 ball.